Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to the OKR Cohort video and podcast series. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with you guys today. Uh, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by really our stars of the show, and that's Miss Denise Canfield and Mr. Nazar Koja, the co-founders of OKR Cohort. And today, like in our past videos, we're going to be acknowledging a very specific challenge that is facing so many organizations, thought leaders, and just, you know, higher ups within their respective organizations. And we're going to be diving into what this challenge is. And Nazar and Denise, they're going to be offering some real strategies and solutions, to not just sidestep this issue, but to charge right through it. And, you know, at the end of the video today, we hope that we have some real solutions and strategies that you could begin implementing within your organization today. That's the goal here. We want to give you some real value that you can walk away with after today's episode. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Nazar and Denise out to get right into the discussion. Nazar, Denise, it's great to see you guys this morning. How are you doing? We're doing great, Ryan. Good morning, Ryan. Doing awesome. Thanks again for hosting this. Oh, of course, guys. I always look forward when we get together. We have some great conversations here on this podcast. And uh, guys, you know, we're, we're going to be tackling a specific challenge, right, that's facing a lot of organizations that you're seeing, at, you know, uh, are, are really battling through on a regular basis. Nazar, why don't you frame it up for us? Let's start high level here today. Talk to me. What is this big challenge that you're seeing? Thanks, Ryan. Many people don't understand the problem or opportunity first. They always lead into brainstorming on solution that causes a lot of rework and frustration among people within organization. Usually supervisors and managers tell us what to do, but that isn't necessarily the right approach in terms of the priority and value to the company or customer. The issue here is that the employees don't challenge them and often just jump into the doing what has been asked. This leads to everyone being busy and no one is truly creating value and moving the company forward. Oh, Roger that then, you know, it sounds like people are yeah falling in love with the solution, you know, before really understanding the nature of that problem or that challenge. Denise, talk to me, let's get a little deeper with this. Why is this such a challenge for organizations to have to deal with? Yeah, thanks, Ryan. I think, um, you know, Nazar, nailed that problem. And it's a challenge or a real challenge because what it does is it creates this reactive versus proactive culture. And when you have a reactive versus proactive culture, you're going to have a lack of prioritization or worse yet, everything is a priority. So people don't know where to focus. They end up delivering things that don't matter or aren't aligned towards the company or organization's goals. And then ultimately it's not generating value. And in those situations, we consistently see competitors and disruptors outpacing the organization and even sometimes stealing customers. Nazar, anything you would add in there? We also see there is a lack of connection between strategic priority of the organization and the actual day-to-day -day work that is being done by their teams. When employees are relying on directions from their supervisor or manager, Usually it leads to the linear thinking, stifling creativity and collaboration. Ultimately, this leads to the disconnect from the organization strategy. Sure, sure. So I, I hear that that there's a big disconnect going on within an organization here. Let, let's dive even deeper, shall we? You know, what what do you see the ripple effect is here, Nazar? You know, what does this ripple effect really generate within an organization? What are you seeing it ultimately does to the lives of the, you know, the leaders of those organizations, but maybe even the employees as well? 
when creativity and collaboration are stifled, it causes trust to be broken and employees feel that the management has no faith in them to execute or to be creative. When employees start projects based on directions from their managers, but the projects get shelved or remain unfinished because in the middle of the project, if it's realized that the pro problem will would not be solved by the work that has been done, this leaves employees feeling unfulfilled and de demoralized because their work didn't count. As people, we like to get things done. If the directions are always changing, you quickly become dissatisfied and feel unfulfilled with your work, which takes an emotional toll on you. Additional tasks start to weigh you, on, weigh you down and drain your ability to perform as well. Denise, what else do you notice as a ripple effect? Yeah, I think that one's so important, Nazar. I can remember so early in my career where people would give me work and they would literally... Uh, when I went to deliver it, get that look on their face of like, oh crap, I forgot to tell you that I don't need that anymore. And that demoralizing impact just starts to make you question everything they give you. And so that, I, I don't want to dissuade us from that topic because that is huge and really important. But the other things we notice is that if the company's not moving forward, they end up in this very bad non-virtuous cycle and they're sliding down a hill. They start to feel like they are in survival mode instead of growth mode. And that like tension within the organization starts to overlay and have this negative connotation throughout the organization for everyone working there. People tend to be overworking themselves. We like to use that term burning the candle at both ends. And it's just... It's exhausting and it leads to that employee engagement, which I know we've talked about in other podcasts, but when people are tired, when they're burned out, when they're burning the candle at each end, the ripple effect is they start to leave, right? You get turnover and on top of that, people are delivering the wrong thing. So you've got turnover, the wrong things being delivered and that impacts your customers. Your customers start to lose faith in the company. You say you're going to deliver one thing. You have this very reactive approach internally. Suddenly you're delivering something different than what you promised your customers. Additionally, those products that you are delivering or the services aren't high caliber because employees have lost faith in that. So your deliverables are either wrong or non-existent and your customers start going away. They leave you, they go to competitors. And so it's a real, real issue as this begins to become pervasive in your organization. Oh, Denise, no, I, I love that. I mean, you can really see how it is that non-virtuous cycle. This whole thing becomes cyclical and that ripple effect, boy, can it be damaging to, a, you know, to a, a given organization. But, you know, hey, we've done a nice job of framing up this challenge, uh, you know, that really can become a problem if, if left, you know, to fester. But let's look at the glass half full. Let's look on the flip side of this. Nazar, talk to us about how, how could life for an organization just be so much better if they could just solve this challenge? This is a great point, Ryan. If we are able to solve this problem, the organization's culture becomes more innovative and creative. Individuals and teams have opportunity for experimenting and testing by encouraging creative freedom. Most importantly, Employees are more engaged and feel connected with the purpose of their work. 
managers and supervisors also lead to be more out of the box or forward thinking while employees are focused and empowered on the day-to-day -day work. In fact, leaders at all levels then spend more time on the business rather in the business. Denise, how have you seen life improve when this problem is, is, is solved? Yeah, it's, it's so many things. And I love that comment, Nazar, about on the business instead of in the business, right? I think you really see the problem turning around when leaders can focus on strategy and leading instead of in their problem solving or telling people what to do. And when that happens, productivity absolutely soars. You will see that um, with productivity soaring, you're actually decreasing your time to get products to market. So customers are getting things faster. Additionally, you're seeing efficiency and throughput of work increase. So your teams are able, and it's, it's weird, right? Before they were overworked, but suddenly they're able to get more work done because the work they're doing makes sense and delivers value. Um, on top of that, you see customer satisfaction going up. They're happy. They're enjoying the products they're getting because they're getting the products you told them they would get. Um, they get it in a timely manner. And so they start to rebuild trust with your organization. I alluded to this with the productivity soaring because you're working on the right things and you're delivering them in a timely manner. Your work-life balance improves for all your employees. You're less stressed at home. I know people think like, hey, I don't bring work home. It's a fallacy. When work is bad, we bring that home, even if we're trying to tamp it down and hide it. So when work is good and you're delivering high value and you're getting the right things done, you're less stressed at home. You come home in a place where you really can leave work behind and you're home more often. So you get that high quality time with family and high quality time at work. And I'm just curious, Ryan, you know, I know Nazar and I have talked about this, but have you seen this problem in organizations where you work and can you imagine how this would help them? Uh, oh my gosh, absolutely. You know, Nazar's comment about, you know, leaders spending more time on the business rather than in the business, that really resonated with me, especially in areas where there's, um, you know, a creative element happening. I mean, the ability to empower some of your employees to do their best creative work, you know, that comes from a tone that's set from the top down. And if you're focused on solutions and married to those solutions before you, you know, are really understanding the heart of the challenge at hand or, or empowering those specific, you know, key decision makers and employees to be creative, to do their jobs, you know, what they were hired to do, uh, you know, boy, can that empower everybody within the organization and allow those leaders to then start focusing on the business rather than being knee deep in the business where, you know, those creative professionals may be handicapped because they are, you know, they feel like they're being maybe micromanaged at some level. So no, absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen this in my experiences as well, Denise, and uh, it really is something that's important to acknowledge today, which is, Hey, that's why we're here. Um, but, you know, I, I want to zoom out from the challenge just for a quick second. Um, you know, for those out there in our audience today that maybe aren't as familiar with, with you guys, Denise and Nazaro, and what it is that you do at OKR Cohort, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. And, and you know, Denise, why don't you share, you know, the, the mission really of OKR Cohort? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the reality here is leaders help us or hire us to solve these problems, right? To help them shift the focus of their organization from activities to outcomes uh, so that they can embed purpose in their work. 
we get them to focus on the right things, leaders leading, people delivering products, um, which gets people talking results. So the bottom line is we really help people get the right shit done. Um, and we do that uh, through OKRs. And Nazar, can you help us share a little bit more about what OKRs are? OKR stands for Objective and Key Result. It is a lightweight goal-setting framework which helps organizations to focus on outcomes and the impact of their work. It also helps align strategic priorities with work that is being performed by the employees at any level, including leadership. Roger that. So guys, if we're looking at this problem today, this idea of, of organizations being married to solutions before they understand the true nature of a problem, if we're looking at that challenge, uh, you know, I understand you guys have a specific strategy and solution that you you work with organizations to tackle this very challenge. Would you care to you know teach us that lesson, share that that wisdom with us today, so that you know somebody could um, you know really maybe begin implementing this into their own organization after watching today's you know video and podcast? So you start first by setting OKRs as a long term goals, then identify work that can complement the OKRs to achieve or support, it, support those work. Understand impact and timeline of the work as well as the value that we have to bring in. Understand effort and sizing and letting teams figure out how to get there. Denise, why don't you talk about the action priority metrics and how it is used for prioritization? I, I love it, Nazar. And I think, you know, if you think about where we started, right, a leader bringing their ideas to the team and telling them what to do, what the action priority matrix does is it allows the leader to mix their ideas in with the ideas of the team. So you've got this set of OKRs. Now you're brainstorming, how are we going to get them done? What's it going to take to get them accomplished? From there, you evaluate each idea and place it on the action priority matrix by what is the level of value that's being delivered and how much effort will it take. And it becomes really, really clear, you guys, where you should focus, right? If you've got it on this four uh, uh, square matrix and you're trying to determine where to focus your effort, um, it's really clear we should focus on quick wins and major projects. And you should let go of fill-ins and absolutely end thankless tasks. And I think what sometimes happens or what I've seen happen is this helps organizations decide what to stop doing, right? And it could be your leader's idea is up there in the quick win and major projects. And that's great. You then run with it. But you will see a lot of work that ends up in fill-ins and thankless tasks. And this rapidly identifies where you should stop doing work and free up the time of your organization and your people. Oh, I love this action priority matrix. You know, I mean, I would imagine in some of these moments, Denise, you know, the employees who are down in the trenches doing the work, I would imagine it, it's a really nice, empowering way for them to see that, okay, because they're down in the weeds, you know, some of their challenge or, you know, some of their, uh, you know, priorities and tasks that they think need to be done, uh, you know, in that collaborative sense, I'm sure it's nice to maybe see the employees coming up with some of those major projects and quick wins. Um, you know, it's a really great collaborative thinking. I love this. So let's talk about this then, guys. Um, 
how could somebody begin implementing this? You know, you know, obviously taking that action priority matrix and start, you know, utilizing it within their organization and then maybe even moving a step further and going through OKRs as a whole. How could somebody begin implementing this in their organization today? You know, this is the thing is, is organizations can implement this and it isn't hard. They just need some guidance. And, and we really walked you through one unique tool, the action priority matrix that can help prioritize the work that has the highest impact for your company and get that done in the shortest amount of time. And now people really need to make a choice. Are you going to stay complacent with the company status that you're at where everyone's busy all the time, but the company isn't progressing? Or are you ready to take an action and start prioritizing the organization's work to move your company into the next chapter and get the right things done. Um, if you want to do that, if you want to get the right things done and move forward, you can absolutely book a consultation with us by clicking on the link uh, below. Oh, that's great, Denise. Thank you for sharing that. We've got that link below. If you're interested in reaching out to Denise and Nazar's team to talk about OKRs and this action priority matrix, how it could be a part of your organization, it's all great stuff. But, you know, guys, I think we'd be remiss a little bit if we didn't talk about, uh, you know, some of the success stories out there. I mean, this is what you do. You consult for organizations and work with them to implement OKRs, to work with them through things like the action priority matrix. Do you have any examples for us of, of some organizations that you worked with in the past and maybe implemented? this priority matrix to, to see them shift that focus and maybe move that organization's needle further? Absolutely. Um, I, I worked in a business agility center of excellence. And what I loved about that was how quickly we were able to make impact. So we would bring small uh, teams together like a tiger team, and it we would be tasked with completing a body of work within six to 12 weeks. So you can imagine how quickly you have to focus in on what the right thing to deliver is. And so we would use OKRs to clearly define what that team needed to deliver, what the outcome would be at the end of that team's time. And then we would use the action priority matrix to define what we would do in that time frame and how to accomplish it. And it really became a way of getting incredibly clear on where to focus the team. Um, it helped us measure the value that we were delivering. And over a period of about 18 to 24 months, we were able to prove to the organization that this was an amazing way to work and saw that approach get embedded across full business units. So it was really impactful. It changed how people worked day in and day out. Nazar, I think you had another um, example that you were going to share. So in my couple of years ago in my previous organization, which was a, one of the uh, num uh, bigger big financial institution, the goal for them was to renovate their br bank branches. And the timeline that was usually the concession people make is around 52 weeks for one branch. So we all connect, uh, gather to, to find out what are, what can we do to reduce that timeline? And at first we tried to understand the biggest problem was, is taking a 52 weeks to deliver one end to end. Once we understood the problem, we had a few OKRs or outcomes that we set to achieve. One example was enabling efficiency on renovation process. And one of the key results was that we are tackling, our focus was to decrease renovation cycle time from 52 weeks to almost a half, which is 26 weeks. While we were looking at, like I said, 
earlier the identify work when we're identifying the activities and work that we need to be done to achieve those we say there are some work that can be done in parallel and that will give us opportunity to get things moving sooner and faster so we end up identifying similar approach of prioritization that denise mentioned like what are the quick wins looks like what are the uh, what are things that will take so longer time so we decided like it was came out to be in the end that we were able to finish each renovation within the 24 weeks which is more more or less more than that we think of that the reduction is which is which was a half right which helped my previous organization not only reducing the from the cost saving and time frame but also improve our credibility in the market and have a better customer experience Oh, guys, I, I love those examples you provided for us. I mean, it really, the, both of which highlighted the nature of just not understanding the, you know, the true nature of a given challenge and getting married to some solutions before all the necessary parties sit down to really dive into what is most important within this challenge and identifying using those OKRs to be able to push that needle further. So really great examples. And, and as we're bringing our conversation to a head, uh, Denise or Nazar, you know, could you share with our audience just one final time, again, if they're interested in reaching out to you and your team to consult, you know, get some advice on how they could begin implementing maybe this action priority matrix or OKRs as a whole into their organization, what would be the best way they can get in touch with you? What we always say, Ryan, is let's have a conversation, right? Because these are frameworks, they're things that can help you, but they should serve you, you don't serve the framework. So the first thing is just reach out to us at the link below. Let's start by having a conversation and seeing how this can help you or understanding the problem that you're trying to solve. So that's what we would recommend. Uh, Denise Nazar, I appreciate you guys spending some time with us this morning, you know, diving into this unique challenge that so many organizations are facing and, uh, you know, going through the action priority matrix. Boy, is that an interesting tool and, and you know, explaining the you know real power of OKRs and how they can move that needle forward for companies. A lot of great information and value was said here in today's episode, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to being with you back on the next one. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Excellent, Ryan. Thanks so much for hosting us again. Alrighty, thanks guys. And hey, look, we want to say one final goodbye and thank you to you guys. And that's our audience for spending some time with us this morning here on the show. If you took anything away from today's conversation, you benefited from it in any way, shape or form, do us a favor and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you check this out on today. And then of course, share this information with any friends, family, business leaders, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of organization, you know, these types of organizational conversations. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Denise Nazar and I, we're, we're taking the same conversations and strategies that they're having, you know, with their clients on a regular basis. And we're bringing them right to you guys on this podcast. And that means we've got some great episodes teed up for you down the road. And we'd hate to have you miss out on any of that beneficial information. So be sure to subscribe to the show. That way you never miss out on a new episode. So for Denise, for Nazar, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us today on the OKR video and podcast series.